Are we not the bestest of friends already? Only in media. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast that somehow took a penalty last night against Colorado. I think it was two minutes for boarding. I don't know, uh, but we're going to serve our time and we're going to do a little stargazing with me as always. Mark, hello. How are you? I'm doing just great. I've been watching World Cup soccer. Uh, that's pretty much been my life for the last couple days. And uh, it's amazing that there's not that much overlap between my hockey people and my soccer people. And so I can kind of delay time watch and nobody ruins it for me. That's amazing. Um, my peeps are all we, we the thing we did is we now have a live a specific slack channel for the live discussion so that when we're hiding from spoilers we don't we don't get mired in that because i had to watch the usa game on delay and, yeah uh, so we we just had to to put some real life barriers between live sharing yeah no you, you have to do it and uh, you know the, the the worst thing that ever happened to me was was wasting seven hours listening to somebody uh, who is incredibly ignorant and boring, and then right at the end of it, they announced the score of a game that I had taped. So listen, that was not seven hours. We were talking for like forty-five minutes tops. <laughs> I think it was Tiffin, wasn't it? <laughs> sounds like sounds like a Tiffin thing to do. Shout, yeah, exactly. shout out to, to Big Bobby T, wherever wherever he happens to be right now. Well, let, let's talk hockey because uh, yeah. uh, that's the important sport going on in this world right it's now. It's the most important. And of that is the Dallas Stars. And I'm going to open with a question, Mark. Mm-hmm. And this question is going to come as a surprise to you having participated in our pregame chat. But thinking back to last night's game against Colorado, you have one of two ways to describe it, right? Was mm-hmm. it a, a good game for the Dallas Stars or was it a bad game for the Dallas Stars? Well, I'm going to ask the question back to you. Was uh, was the Calgary series in the playoffs last year a good series or, or, or a bad series for the Stars? I'm going to give you the same answer that, that applies to both. It depends on whether or not I'm Jake Ottinger. Yep. And, and, and <laughs> I guess I take that back. Last night depends on if I'm Jason Robertson as well. <laughs> well, we made it really interesting at the end and we still lost both. So, yeah, it, it kind of holds up. Yeah, it's tough, man. It's it's, you know, on the one hand, the point last night keeps Dallas technically at the top of the Western Conference. They've got 25 points. The margin shrinks a little bit. Colorado now has 23, uh, as do the Winnipeg Jets. Both the Jets and Colorado have two games in hand. So if, if we were playing, you know, if we were playing the baseball thing, right, Dallas would be I'm, I don't want to get into half games, but technically Technically correct, Dallas is ahead, but are they really? Because, you know, so on the one hand, the the on the scoreboard results of the Dallas Stars season remain strong, right? They they went toe-to-toe with last year's winner, a presumed favorite, and they came away with at least a point out of the game. And that ain't bad. Unfortunately, there's a whole bunch of stuff that's going on under the covers here. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll leave it to you, Mark. Where, where do you want to start dissecting this thing or car- well, carving I, this turkey? Let's be festive. Well, let, let, let's do that. And we'll start with the most basic of, uh, of fancy stats, which means it's slightly better than plus minus. 
And we'll just go straight to PDO. Uh, and the Stars are leading the league in PDO right now. Yay! They, We're number yeah, one! They, We're number one! We're, well, wait, that, that's good, right? It, it is good. It, the, the Stars have a shooting percentage that's uh, 11.35 at 5-on-5, five five, which is literally 1.5% more than the second-place team, which is Boston. And that's a team that is really, really good. So the stars are putting the puck in the net. God help us. We could have used some of that in the last five years. And on the other side, we have Jake Ottinger, who, you know, the team save percentage is, is sixth in the league right now. And that's Jake Ottinger, almost completely his responsibility. You take a look at Scott Wedgwood's work and, you know, he's, he's done fairly well for the stars, but his save percentage is, is is not league leading, shall we say? So the stars are getting it on both ends. They're putting it in the net net on on the offensive end, and they're keeping it out of the net on the defensive end. And the only place that they're really uh, hurting themselves is by putting themselves in the sin bin. And boy, they are so so golly, Mark. That that sounds wonderful. So we 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 can go ahead and end the podcast, right? There, there's nothing more to talk about. PDO good, Dallas good, standings good. See you later, right? right? Right, and and then you start taking a look at all these uh, you know expected goals against and goals for models, and all of these all all of these guys with big brains have Dallas sitting kind of middle of the pack. They they should be scoring about as much as they're giving up, and the question then becomes: Are the models wrong, or is this just not sustainable? And to give and, just real quick to give a little context, right? So if we look at um, just picking, if we look at expected goals for, right, um, we just talked about how Dallas is, is amongst the league leaders and, and the actual performance. This, uh, and I'm looking at Money Puck just at, at this exact moment, they've got them sitting at 14, right? 14th, right? So of all the team, Dallas, if you just look at what should be happening, Dallas is scoring at a, a 14th in the league clip. Whereas if we, if we look at what they're actually doing, they're in third, Right. So pretty, pretty big difference there. And when you talk about PDO, and, and I know a lot of the, the fans of this podcast will know this, but for, for those that don't necessarily, the reason that we're, we're kind of poking, uh, you know, the reason that we're cracking wise is PDO is one of those things that often, it's often a red light on the dashboard. And teams do not tend to maintain high or really low PDO for any stretch of time. It's, it's one of those stats that tends to normalize. So the reason that we're fixating on this and the reason that Mark's about to dive into some some more of the numbers is this is one of those red lights on the dashboard. And, you know, right now, right now things are going pretty good. But when you're over when you're over on your PDO, that usually means that the regression monster is lurking and that at some point that's going to correct itself. And, and thinking about how correct statistical corrections work. If you're over now and you need to get back to the average, that means you're going to be under later. And that's not good. Yep. And, and so now I come to my eyeball test and I take a look at what's going on. And, and do I really see that Dallas is getting lucky goals? Um, you know, Jason Robertson certainly, uh, you know, what, what, what was, uh, you know, he, he, he tied one up, uh, tied one up or what his spin around was, was goal four. Uh, That's great. He, he tied up couple, off of that. The cross check was goal number one. Right, right, exactly, and then and then he uh, he gets one that's from a pretty ridiculous angle that uh, that he he gets a little vision of the corner and he hits it, 
And so, you know, a lot of this maybe just Jason Robertson can pick yeah, out where he wants to put the puck and, and it goes in. Maybe, it's, maybe it's, this is a Jason Robertson effect and he just has a high shooting percentage because he's good. Well, and, and that was one of the things I actually looked at. So I did a, a, a guest drop on my, the Mile High Lab podcast heading into to this game. And one of the questions they asked was, is Jason Robertson for real? Because we've we've kind of been grappling with this at Stars fans, as Stars fans. And to your point, right, one of the most common things you look at is shooting percentage. Guys just don't tend to deviate from their career percentages very much, right? If you want an example, think about um, think about William Carlson's first season in Las Vegas compared to everything he's ever done for the rest of his career, right? Guys just don't over-index. And to your point, right, Jason Robertson's currently shooting 18.2%. That's generated 14 goals in 19 games, fantastic performance, fantastic um, production. Well, guess what? He was 18.6 last season. And he was 13.4 the season before that, which is lower, but still. So it's it's one of those Jason Robertson might just be doing normal Jason Robertson stuff. And there, there's a whole different conversation about how wonderful and amazing he is. So on on his part, at least, there's some cause for optimism because he's, you know, you always want to look for outliers. And right now, Jason Robertson is 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 just straight up money. And and some of this is, you know, you can't really look back at the stars from the last couple of years and say that these numbers are realistic that you're going to pull forward because we're playing a brand new system. And this is relying a lot more on the skill that the players are bringing. They, they're, they're getting better shots. And when you get better shots, more of them go in. Yeah, and and that said, right as a team, Dallas's shooting percentage is, is twelve point seven, which is is good, um, certainly very good. But it's certainly and it, it yeah, it's it's a great shooting percentage. Um, leads the league right now, so it's uh, Boston. I think is second with twelve point two, Vancouver is third with eleven point five. So it's it's you know, is it yeah. something to worry about? Maybe. Maybe, but I, you know, I, I just go back and take a look and say, well, are, are, are the stars getting really lucky? And no, they're kind of making shots that I think they should probably make. And and they can get goalied periodically, but they keep on coming. Yeah, there there is definitely more. It, I it's again, it's it's this is where you know statistical analysis meets the eye test, and, and thinking about we'll just use last night's game as a microcosm, right? Like. The first goal was a series of, of kind of quick, you know, quick passes, quick plays. Jason Robertson was open and he was open in a dangerous area. And yes, there was a lot of like garnish around the shot itself. You know, the, the cross check getting, you know, bold into yep. the goalie, all of that. But that would be categorized as a high danger chance, right? It was a good player with a good shot from a good scoring area. So, yes, you know, it went to review and yes, he was knocked into the goalie and there's some stuff around there, but I would, I would argue pretty vehemently against characterizing that first goal as, as lucky. Right. And yeah. then, on, yeah, sorry, please. Yeah. Well, and, and you go down the list, you know, what, what, what has Joe Pavelski done? That's not Joe Pavelski ish. Mm-hmm. And you know, Oh, Tyler Sagan's scoring a little better. Well, yeah, there's a reason for that. Jamie Ben is, it uh, is, you know, is his sustainable? I don't know. He's getting more of these shots that he used to get back in the Lindy Ruff system. So when Ben gets those kind of shots, he tends to perform better. You know, he, he's he's painting corners and he's lifting the puck off the ice and not just trying to slide it five hole every single time. 
So yeah, yeah, that sounds that sounds at least potentially sustainable, or or at least maybe not. It's gonna it's not gonna regress as much as the statistics might tell you it should. I mean, the two of the guys we just talked through, right? So Tyler Sagan is bang on. I think he's a career 11% shooter and he's shooting 11.1% right now. So, you know, he's he's bang on. We talked about Robertson earlier. Uh, Hints is a little bit over. He's shooting 22% versus 17 traditionally. But I think with him, there's a system at play. Or he's, he's just in a better offensive gear for where he's supposed to be. The two guys that really worry me are Pavelski is shooting 21% as a career 12% shooter, right? So there, there's some concern there. And then ditto, Jamie Ben is shooting at 19%, almost 20% as a career 13% shooter. So if, if we're just talking about guys that, that could regress versus guys that might not, the two candidates you're, you would be worried about would be Pavelski and Ben. Those are the ones that are kind of seriously performing historical norms. But, you know, Sagan, Hints and Robertson are all very well within the, the realm of, of being explained by like, they're just doing what they do, right? They're just thriving. Maybe it's the system, you know, that's worth a, another couple of percentage points. So they're not necessarily sources of major concern. Yeah. And, and I would, I would summarize maybe saying, yeah, it's uh, it's something to watch out for because there is a potential for regression there, but it, may not be as bad or or you know the the expected goal model might just be undercrediting what Dallas is doing this year. It might I, be. I, I think that's possible. I think as well, right? The 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 thing that stands out to me where where I think this what I, I think that the third period against Colorado is and even the game in general, but in particular the third period kind of represents what this thing is going to look like if those percentages start to balance out, right? Which is at one point Dallas was getting outshot nine to two. They were down a goal, couldn't generate anything. All of the secondary scoring we've been patting ourselves on the back for over the last, you know, month and a half was was suddenly absent. They were, you know, cruising towards an L and then Jason Robertson scores a goal. Right. So it seems like the statistical downside of this team is is kind of getting back into the battle days of just kind of hoping that the top line does something top liney and scores a goal. And it, it, that is something to be concerned about, right? It's it's a weakness of this team. They they definitely were on the struggle bus for stretches of last game. At the same time, you still get to count goals scored by you know Pavelski and Sons, right? That that line still exists. It still counts. You can still look at the Dallas Stars and say yes for flaws elsewhere. They have a superlative front uh, front line that is sometimes just going to win a game, and there may not well, be yeah. anything to do about it. Yeah, and, and I will point out, and this uh, this is a particular concern for me. I, I think we fell for a little fool's gold last game, and we saw that Marchment Sagan Ben line lighted up the game before, and we said, "Oh wow, we found something new," and, and, and kind of bought into the fact that that might be a reasonable way to deploy a, a, a second line. And I think what it did was it decimated the third line it, it, yeah. it in essence created a rookie line and and then DeBoer refused to play him and it turns out that Marchment Ben and Sagan kind of caught lightning in a bottle for one game and maybe it's not sustainable and so I wouldn't be surprised to see us go back to what has been on the ice for pretty much every single game other than uh, other than one or two this entire season for for this game coming up in Chicago yeah, I think I think you're right. And part of part of what has helped this team to this point is the fact that they can roll four lines 
And, you know, kind of just, we talked about Jamie Ben. One of the things that I think has helped him is he's averaging, you know, I think it's like 16 minutes or something like that. Basically every individual player is expected to do less because there's balance throughout the lineup versus in previous seasons where the model was one line had to carry the mail offensively. One line had to, to carry the mail defensively and two lines were just kind of in the muck. Right. So, yep. and, and you're right, they got away from that. And, and this just may not be a team that this just may be a team that has one line and then it's whichever of the other three happens to catch fire on a given night. And that's the model. Yeah. But, uh, and, and I would just hope that, uh, that, you kind of take a look at the the long term picture, and you don't fix what isn't already broken. You know, it, it, it you know, seeing seeing what Marshmont Ben and Sagan did was really really nice. And in in thinking about it longer, you know, and, and, and breaking it down as far as what was actually going on on the ice for that, it it, it wasn't something that was going to work um, with those skill sets involved. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think the other point is those, the points they're banking now, even if there is some regression later, the points they're banking now matter and they count. And, you know, this is, this is a buffer and and thank goodness for the first time in what feels like forever, Dallas has, has built themselves a little bit of a cushion. Right. And, and that, and they're going to need it. Right. Because it's looking, looking down the standings, right. You, you obviously the, the woeful Blackhawks and the coyotes are, are, you know, not, not doing so hot, but the wild are, are still a little, they're up to four five or five, four and one in their last 10 Nashville, six, three and one St. Louis is on a bender, seven, three and oh, Winnipeg, seven, two and one Colorado, seven, three and oh. So like the, the rest of the division is starting to to climb their way back into this thing. And, you know, getting a point last night, riding, you know, enjoying the good times while they last, like that's, that's a big deal. That, that counts. Yep. And, and, and let's, Let's not short trip the other end of this uh, this PDO discussion. Um, you know what? What do you think about uh, about regression potential with uh, with Jake Ottinger? Oh man, I, I the running joke, right? We were all worried that he wasn't going to be able to recreate the Calgary series, and and he hasn't. Dot dot dot. He's been better. Like he's he. You know, this is one. He's a slam dunk, right? Because the numbers are good, and also just watching the kid. He's an NHL goaltender, and he's a very good one. And what stands out to me is. He has become you know the, the the Ottinger thing that I remember from previous seasons was he'd be playing pretty well and then he'd overplay a shot, right? He'd get a little too aggressive, he'd dive, and all of a sudden there's a hole on the far side or you know, five hole or he'd he'd open something up by over pursuing the puck. And I just haven't seen I haven't seen a significant amount of that this season. He is he's still got the athleticism and and kind of the, the positional sense, and he's he's melded that with you know restrained is the wrong word because he'll he'll throw the pads out and he'll come up with fantastic saves when he needs to but he's playing within the position in a way that just like he's just honestly just a maturing athlete he just adds something else to his toolbox every every time we move along and he's just he's just we just may have another great goaltender in the pipes in dallas and and isn't that something yeah no, I, I fully agree. And, you know, I don't know that you can ask him to stand on his head for the whole season because there there will be slumps in there. But I would say that, you know, certainly we have a, a legitimate top 10 goaltender and, and and there's very easily argument that he's top five and, and, and should be in the Vezina conversation at this early point in the season. Yeah. And, and it's also, you know, thinking about 
no no team this is the difference in like in previous seasons right it either had to be the goalie or they'd lose or it had to be the the bend line or they'd lose right this is a team that is now kind of inching into a period of time where like yeah last night ottinger held a minute and jason robertson you know got the got the thing to overtime other nights, it's been the first line exploding for, you know, everybody gets a couple goals and, you know, and it's a laugher and the goaltending doesn't matter. And so it's 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 starting to get to a phase where Dallas can beat you in a couple of different ways, which means that on any given night when one of those ways isn't working, you know, it used to be if the top line wasn't firing, they were toast. And you could kind of tell that. You just knew. Whereas now it's like, well, if the top line isn't working, then... Let's let the goalie keep a minute and see what happens. Or if the top line isn't working, let's let's check on that power play, see how they're doing. And and there's just more that this team can do now. Yeah, yeah, I, I fully agree. And uh, yeah, the the interesting thing is that he's doing this without that that defensive you know commitment and concentration that the team put out there last year. You have defenders who are jumping into the into the rush. And so you are getting a little more high quality chances coming back at him and, and he's dealing with it with, without blink of the eye. Yeah. And, and I think this is where, and, and, you know, we'll see, right. Because they don't, they don't, this is where that, that historic identity as a defensive team is helping, but it's also where the new outlook, this is a team that's willing to take a couple more risks and, I think they're benefiting from it, right? They're getting higher quality chances. They're allowing their goaltending and their defense to bail them out when they have to. And it's just really, we are seeing a very good blend right now of offense and defense and goaltending. And that, that, that I think is a part of why performance has been where it's been. Yep. No, fully agree. Um, maybe one more thing here before we, uh, we head off the Turkey. Um, we we did see uh, Mede Blumel go back to Texas, and we're expecting uh, expecting a call up of Freddie uh, Carlstrom, and yeah, and potentially a return of, of Gurianov. So I think we'll see some uh, interesting line combinations that might come out of these changes, uh, starting probably with the Chicago game. Yeah, and I like I like right now the way they're leveraging the minor league system, right, and and making sure those guys are down, and and if somebody's playing well, they get to come up and and hang out. And Blumel came came up and he contributed a little bit and kind of seemed to to fade a little bit. So yeah, send him down for a little bit more seasoning, and, and let's give Carlson a try. And when Garanov gets back, we'll see if he can get back to where he was before he got hurt. And you know, this is it's it's I think that's a good thing for for this team to kind of experiment with guys in and out of those those roles in the lineup because it's not a squad that from you know top to bottom of the forward core you know from one to 12 has set spots so we might as well they might you know they might as well leverage all the all the talent available right exactly and 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 i know i know that blue male is going back to texas with with kind of marching orders um, and you can kind of tell tell this be how how um, Thomas Harley's being used down in Texas, where he's been asked to concentrate on his defense. He's been he's been playing on the penalty kill with actually very little time on the power play, and so you know Blue Mel's going to go down there. And yeah, we already know he can score, but he has some structural things that he needs to learn how to play within the system where he isn't giving up uh, giving up bad chances because he's out of position on defense. And so that's the kind of thing, you know, you get a, you get a little look at what you're doing at the NHL level 
And then you get a chance to go work at it at a little less leverage situation. And now we have Carlstrom come up. We kind of know what Carlstrom's been doing down in down in uh, in Texas. He's been playing on a line with Oscar Back and uh, and uh, Curtis McKenzie. And so we know he's going to have defense that's going to be there. But he's also kind of a big body and can can bring a little defensive intensity to the team. And so he'll slot into a position to see if he can find a match. And if he doesn't, then he's going to get some assignments to go back down to Texas to work on, and somebody else is going to come up. And this is exactly how you need to be using a farm system. And it's really nice. This is is where the advantage of having a team that's down in Cedar Park uh, works to your advantage because outside of traffic and it's not that long a trip to get to get from uh from the minor league team to the to, to the nhl absolutely and the the most recent example i can think of of this is that's what they did with uh ty delandria last year right he came up for his you know, he was he was with the team a little bit for the bubble run had a couple of cups of coffee and then the, the team made a deliberate decision to put him in cedar park last season with to your point, some very specific things to work on, right? He was in top line situations, playing both sides of the puck, expected to score, expected to play defense, you know, put on some mass, play the body all. And, and, you know, they really sent him down with some specific developmental advice and, you know, training camp breaks this year. And guess what happens? Ty Delandria looks like he's been with the team for 15 years, right? And, and all of the sudden, you know, when, when people talk, it's, it's that funny thing, right? Luck is luck. Isn't so much luck as it's the intersection of opportunity and, and, you know, effort, right? Things aren't, things aren't clicking with Ty Delandria right now in the sense of something has just spontaneously happened. Things are clicking in the sense of there was a talented player that was evaluated, given guidance, worked his butt off, and all of a sudden is back in a position to leverage what he was told to do. And guess what, man? He's, you know, the, we're starting to see this 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 coaching staff, right? The the management, you know, from nil on down, there's a vision. And you get talented guys like Delandria give them instructions. And if they do their part, you wind up with uh, this this revelation when really what you wind up with is just a good hockey player being a good hockey player. Right. And and I mean, this just worked out so perfectly with Delandria because what you saw was Neil Graham, Graham down in Texas pretty much figure out halfway through the season that, that Rick bonus hockey wasn't going to work for, for the Texas stars. Yep. And he kind of beat Pete DeVore to Pete DeVore's system with Texas so Delandry hit the ground running because he that's the way he'd been playing for half a season. And, and and so having that coordination now between the systems, between the coaches, uh and, and this development highway that we can use both ways, I think maybe we can even get this conversation away from, you know, oh, we overseason kids down in the in the in the minors way too much to being Let's let's use the minors as a training ground, give people chances to succeed at the NHL level. But if they aren't quite there, it's not that big a deal to go back down to Texas with things to work on. Yeah. Yeah. It's not it's not a bumble scratch league. Right. There's there's a lot of yeah. good stuff. I mean, we way back when. Right. Rupe Hintz was a, a little bit of a domino before or a little bit of a pinball. Sorry, my my board game yeah. references. But he he made a couple of trips back and forth before he finally caught on. And that's OK. Not not everybody is going to be Miro Haskinen and walk onto the ice day one as a perfectly formed impact NHL player. And that's OK. Right. It, it's 
it's not a punishment. It's a process. Yeah. And you go through the process and you get better and it's going to make you a better NHL player. As long as the, you know, and it's, it's, you know, as long as the organization knows what they're doing, yes, you can get back into, you know, thinking about the Jack Campbell situation. And, and, you know, there are instances where it's just aimless and guys aren't getting help. You know, there, there are worlds in which it's not good, but, you know, knocking on wood right now with the Dallas Stars organization, it is very good. They they have a plan. They've got talent on both sides, you know, behind and in front of the bench across the organization. So right now we as fans can enjoy a coherent, well-managed organization, all pulling in the same direction, producing, you know, producing talent, producing players. And we'll just, you know, ride same thing with the PDO, right? We'll just ride the good times. Yep. And that is something to be thankful for, isn't it? It is very, very much so. Well, I'm about ready to go <laughs> do some turkey preparation here. So uh, I would suggest you do the same. I will. We've got one more big game uh, bef- against uh, Chicago before we get to Thanksgiving and then the, the rematch against Colorado. So we'll hopefully see what the team, you know, enjoy, enjoy a showdown against the lesser lights of the conference and then another showdown at the top. But Mark, happy Thanksgiving to you, KT as well, as well as everyone out in listener land. Um, Enjoy the cast, enjoy the team. Please remember to download, to like all of the things and uh, we'll talk soon. 